I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. I wanted to tell you guys about my mentally unstable neighbor, who I will be calling Kay to respect her privacy, because I don't want to call her crazy or anything else that contributes to the stigmatization of severe mental illness. This story isn't going to be exaggerated to be more creepy or anything like that, it's just what happened. We had just moved into our new home, which we had recently built in a town in Texas. It started when my parents began finding small pills strewn about our backyard near the fences, just a few here and there. We googled the numbers on the pills to find most of them were antidepressants, but I cannot remember the exact names as this was about a year or so ago. 
But I think there was at least one pill that Google said was an antipsychotic medication. We were pretty confused, but mostly worried about our dog eating them before we could find them. This kept happening over a few weeks, and then we found unopened water and Gatorade bottles thrown over our fence. The side of the house this was coming from had a somewhat empty lot next door. We had soon-to-be neighbors building their new house there. But it wasn't like the construction workers were throwing their trash over our fence. These bottles were unopened and full. For reference, Kay lives a few houses down from mine on the corner. Between our house and hers are two empty lots, the lot closest to us with a new house being built there. After another week or so of this came the fights, or maybe incidents I should call them. Kay would routinely storm out of her house and go yell at the construction workers. I don't know what about, but apparently about nonsense things. Sometimes she would yell from her yard, sometimes she would walk onto the lot to yell. Several times she was seen yelling at no one, just standing in the lot or walking around the construction supplies and arguing to herself. By now most of the people on our street knew of her and were afraid of her. Up to this point I had never seen Kay. I attended university an hour away and was only home on the weekends. One weekend, my parents left me home alone in the middle of the day. I think they were at the gym or the grocery store. I'm an only child, too. I had just gotten out of the shower and walked downstairs to hear yelling. I peek outside the windows to see a middle-aged blonde lady arguing. I couldn't see who she was talking to, but I could hear another male voice. Now I had not met Kay yet, but I also hadn't met my new neighbors, but my parents had. So my first thought was that this was the new couple building next door, my new neighbors. It seemed like they were arguing about the house. After a few minutes, the blonde lady walks away, and then a couple come out of the unfinished house, and they get into their car parked on the street. I'm really confused at this point, especially when the man walks over to my door and rings the doorbell. I'm very introverted, so I opted to not answer the door, kinda stupid I know. My parents weren't home anyway, so it wouldn't have made a difference, I thought. After a minute, he walks back to his car, and from the window I can see he is sitting there on the driver's side doing something. He comes back with a note that he leaves on my door, and then he and his wife drive away. After I'm sure they're gone, I get the note and read it. Apparently, my neighbors were checking out the house when they saw Kay the blonde lady attempting to get into my backyard. They confronted her, and that's what the yelling was. In a rush, I sent a pic of the note to my mom, called my mom, etc. She didn't seem that worried about it, but I knew that we always left the back door unlocked during the day. If she had gotten through our fence gates, she could have easily walked inside the house while I was home alone. After that, my stepdad got some new locks for the little gate doors at the front of our house. Things continued like this for a while, with Kay trying to get into our backyard, throwing pills and water bottles over our fence. A couple times she was rummaging around our front flower beds, too. There was one instance which really unnerved my parents. We have a small alleyway that runs behind our house, connecting everyone's driveways. Another neighbor, who lives across the alleyway from us, contacted my parents to let them know they had seen Kay looming around our back fence gate at around 3 a.m. that night. Not sure why those neighbors were awake at that time, but they said Kay was just standing there in the middle of the alleyway, staring at our back fence. Knowing we had someone essentially casing our house in the middle of the night was really starting to freak us out. The guy who built our house, who I'm naming Jay, somehow got into contact with someone who knew Kay's family pretty well, 
Everyone was wanting answers to why Kay was acting like this, and since Jay had built most of the houses in the area and was well-connected, people were asking him. I think he was friends with the realtor who sold the house to Kay, but I'm not sure. Anyway, Jay was able to give us a lot of information about Kay. Apparently her family was rich and owned a very big corporation, like one of the biggest in the US, I'm not naming it, again for her privacy, and her family had essentially placed her in this house away from the rest of them. They did not want to deal with her mental illness. But more importantly, two years ago her only son died of a drug overdose, and she's been unstable ever since. The reason why she wants to get into our backyard and keeps throwing stuff over the fence is because she believes her son is there. Not sure if she thinks we're holding him hostage or his ghost is here or what, but that's why. She's been to several psychiatric hospitals throughout her life, and now she's stopped taking her medication because she's throwing it over our fence. Things finally came to a head in January of 2020, when during one of her usual arguments with the construction workers, she pulled out an BB gun. She was already very aggressive, so the BB gun just made things 100 times worse. I don't know if she just threatened to shoot them or actually did, but the cops were called regardless. It took them a while to talk her down, with several police officers swarming the street with big guns. I am thankful that my parents had been filling police reports, so when they came they knew about Kay's history of mental illness. I am both grateful and a little surprised that they handled the situation so well, because not a lot of police departments properly train their officers to deal with mentally ill patients, especially ones experiencing psychosis. I still have ring camera videos of the police officers with big rifles loitering around our front lawn while assessing the situation. I might post that for proof, but I'm not sure it's necessary. Anyway, after that incident, Kay was not seen for a long time. We hear she was in a psychiatric hospital for many months, after which she returned to our neighborhood. She's doing much better now, she no longer does any of the strange behaviors she used to. Almost every day me and my parents see her walk her dog past our house. She's clearly sticking to her routine, and I am happy for her. This just happened, and I'm sorry it turned out to be a long story. I got off work and went to my mom's to help her, and my dad set up a new Alexa TV they just got. It ended up taking a while because we had to run to the store to grab an adapter, so I didn't leave their house until about 8pm, and by the time I got home I recently moved a few weeks ago and live alone. It was close to 9pm and pitch black. I have my hands full of a few things I forgot at my parents since I stayed with them for a month before I found my place. Anyway, I was walking up the sidewalk to my apartment when I hear him calling out to me. Him. Hey. Excuse me? Hello? Hey. He was politely persistent. I have one headphone and listening to YouTube stories, and I'm trying to pretend like I don't hear him. Not to be rude, but because it's pitch black outside, I've been up since 6 a.m. and I'm dead tired. I don't like small talk, and I'm bad at it. Eventually, I turn around, and we introduce ourselves. Immediately, the hairs on my arms prickle, and I get this feeling in my gut. This guy is sizing me up. He wants to know where I live to see if he can break into my place, rob me, etc. It's just something I know. It's not even a feeling, but a fact. The entire time we're talking, maybe ten minutes, he has his hands in his pockets, his hood up, and keeps looking around like he's expecting to see someone. 
Granted, it's cold, but we live in as, so it's not that cold, but this also puts me on edge. Then he begins asking about me, how long ago I moved in, which unit I'm in, etc. He's obviously going to see which unit I'm in when I walk into it, so I just tell him. He makes small talk for a few minutes and then asks if it's just me. I explain, oh no, I've got my two dogs. I go on to say how big they are, how protective they are, and how they are roaming freely in my apartment while I'm at work, which is all true. He asks if I take them on walks and how often. I hear, how often do you leave your apartment empty? I explain that I have to be careful because, while my dogs love me and act like big babies with me, they're very protective so going out is a challenge because I have to be careful of people coming up to us and how my dogs react to them. I turn the conversation around and ask which unit he's in, how long he's been here, who he lives with, etc. He seems uncomfortable and gives me vague answers, waving his hand behind him and saying, oh that one. He seems uncomfortable about me trying to clarify which apartment he's in so he tapers off the conversation and we say our goodbyes. I unlock my door, give my dogs a command to bark, which they do, and it's loud and vicious sounding. I immediately give them love and call my mom, give her his name, what he looks like, his vague portrayal at what apartment he's in, and remind her of our panic phrase so if I ever say it she knows to calmly end the call and send the police. Now I'm just sitting in my apartment freaking out at every little sound with my dogs piled on top of me typing this out. I'm going to call the non-emergency police and ask them to do a drive-by to make me feel safer. Update. I'm sitting on my couch replying to comments. It's 9.30pm on a Friday night and I'm hearing the softest knocking. If I weren't three feet from the front door I wouldn't have heard it. I have both my dogs out, my pit barked, and everything is all locked up tight. Obviously I didn't answer, but I don't have a peephole so I have no idea who it was. Am I overreacting? Update 2. I just got home and noticed a light on in my car. The windows are up and the passenger side is locked, and you can only open the driver's door a certain way so I don't see anyone opening it, and his number is in my window on the outside with a message saying text me. On the back of the paper is information about a court date and such. I'm going to call non-emergency police and add it to my report and I've updated everyone keeping an eye on me. So yeah, I'm still freaked out. My senior year of college, I lived next door to a really weird dude. We lived in a house with a few rooms on each floor, and on my floor it was just me and him. Some of it was pretty run-of-the-mill, gross college boy stuff. His room reeked of dirty laundry from all the way down the hall, and when he would leave his door open, I could see that he had no sheets or blankets on his bed, just a bare mattress, and most of his stuff just lying on the floor or in boxes. This was months after we moved in, by the way. Then there was slightly weirder stuff, like how he watched the Military History Channel at 4am, at close to maximum volume on his TV and the weird electrical zapping noises I'd occasionally hear coming from his room also always late at night. But the creepiest incident by far was when we had a house party. It was late in the night, and everyone was really drunk. I had retired to my room to hang out with my boyfriend. All of a sudden I hear weird noises coming from my neighbor's room stumbling around, slapping, struggling. I noticed but honestly didn't think too much of it, 
because he was always up to weird shit and I was drunk and exhausted. A few minutes later, he knocks on my door. He is trying to get me to help him or something and keeps saying, I don't know what to do. She's passed out on my bed. I look in his room and sure enough, there's a girl lying on his still bare mattress. Suddenly, those noises I just heard seemed a lot more concerning. I didn't know the girl and wasn't sure what to do, but thankfully a few of her friends showed up just then, took her out of his room, and helped her find a safe place to rest. I'm still not sure what happened that night. I don't think anything too terrible happened to the girl, but it definitely could have if her friends hadn't taken her away. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So normally at night, I put a big box fan in my window. It's loud and keeps my room cool. I've always been uncomfortable about my neighbors being able to see me through my window, but I never really thought they would do anything more than an accidental glance while I was sleeping. Well, last night I got into a little scare when I saw my neighbor in his house with his light on, staring into my room. I just brushed it off and thought maybe I was just seeing something somehow. I checked again, and I definitely did not just see something. He was still there and didn't even turn back. He was just staring into my soul while smiling at me. Our neighbors have always been a little weird, always doing little things like watering the grass while it's raining, and they smoke and drink a lot as well. This was a very unsettling experience, and I am only 14. What could or should I do to stop my neighbors? They've always been kind of weird and creepy, but not to this extent. Thank you, Reddit. I might just be overthinking this situation, but it creeped me out so much. As much as I want help for this, it's also kind of a creepy story, but not horrible. I've been in scarier. I grew up in Arizona in a relatively safe city. 
Before myself or any of my friends had a driver's license, we would walk everywhere just to get out of the house and do something. Typically going to Circle K for soda and snacks or Walmart or Target just to browse around. One time when my two friends and I were 15 back, we were walking back to her house through her neighborhood around sunset. At that time, everyone in Arizona was fairly friendly, so whenever you would pass by another person or group, you would exchange hello or wave. This time in particular, we were walking past a house on a corner that had a kitchen light on where a middle-aged man was washing his dishes. When he made eye contact with us, my natural instinct was to smile and my friend's was to wave. What a bad idea. The man immediately dropped his dishes in the sink, and what felt like one second later was outside on the corner staring at us in an aggressive stance with both hands balled into fists. All of our flight or fight responses were completely different. One friend immediately took off running in the other direction. My other friend peed her pants lol, and I was frozen in complete fear. He started charging toward us in full force, and I am so grateful that my friend grabbed my arm, and we all started running as fast as we could. I was so scared, I was last in place. The man was well built and appeared to be in great shape and had no troubles catching up to us. As I'm running, I can hear his footsteps very close behind me. He reached his hand out, tried to grab hold of my hair, but the adrenaline finally kicked in and I was able to speed off beyond his grip. After a while of running, we realized we were no longer being chased. We hid in safety and called my friend's mom to pick us up and told her what happened. We gave her the location of the house and all vowed to never go near that house again. The next morning, we wake up and her mom explains she checked the address of the house and someone living there was a registered S offender. Not sure if it was explicitly because of this incident, but my friend moved houses shortly after this. Our moms all collectively agreed we were not allowed to walk alone around anyone's neighborhood and that if we wanted to go out, a parent should be close by. I completely forgot about this until I was recently talking to my friend and she brought this night up. I sometimes wonder what would have happened if this man had gotten a better grip on my hair, but I'm thankful to say we got away unharmed. At 27 today, I carry a pocket knife and pepper spray with me at all times. Followed home by neighbor. When I was probably 13, 14 years old, one of my best friends lived about a mile from my house. So naturally she and I used to walk to meet each other regularly. Once I went over there late, can't remember exactly why, but our other friend who also lived nearby had walked to meet us as well. We probably smoked a little and had a drink because at that age it's scandalous or fun or exciting. So anyway I walked back to my house late by myself. It was probably about midnight. A man pulled up in his car next to me and insisted I get in the car so he could take me home after I had explained what I was doing. Something about his behavior told me he was not trying to be kind. I dismissed him several times while he trailed behind me slowly in his car. Eventually I did the classic pretend to be on the phone trick, naming my exact location and describing his car while I faked going home by ducking into a nearby house's backyard. Surely enough he sped off as soon as he heard me giving his car description. I still wonder to this day if I could have been S, used and murdered or something. Hopefully it's more innocent than it sounds, but if not I hope he didn't harm anyone else.
I lived in a cul-de-sac when I was about eight. My parents were friends with all the people there except for one family. There were two guys and I think their mother. One guy in particular was a marine and was home for some reason. At the get-togethers we would go to at our neighbor's houses, they would always talk about the marine guy being weird and how they got a bad vibe off him. I didn't really listen to them because when I was a kid, I always had this thing where I thought everyone was nice and a good person, and I didn't listen to them. I thought they were the people being irrational and not giving him a chance. Well, one day I was in my front driveway playing basketball by myself after school. My brother was in his room, and we were home alone as both of my parents were working and would be home soon anyways. The marine guy came up on a four-wheeler asking if I wanted to take a ride. I said no because I genuinely didn't want to. He kept asking me, he was very persistent. After about five minutes of please and come on, he left. My parents were livid when I told them. We just saw his mugshot on the news. Child M. During high school, we lived next door to a guy that looked like Lionel Richie, and he had OCD, so he had a pretty strict routine that included trimming the grass around his flower beds with a pair of scissors because a weed eater made too much of a mess. He went to a small 24-7 gym at 1 a.m. every night, and that was the only time he ever left his house. He would come back around 6 a.m. and straightened out the brick pile in the backyard like clockwork every damn morning. We started noticing a pattern of women that visited him. One every two weeks, and then we never saw them again. Serial dater, no big deal. One night cops showed up to his house around 2.30 a.m., but he wasn't home. They noticed a bunch of us kids hanging out in the pool in our backyard and started asking questions about his routine and behavior as well as recent visitors. We never saw him after that. He never came back home from the gym and his house and belongings were sold eight months later. No arrest made, no obituary, no missing person. This story happened when I was in elementary school. My mom, my brother, and I had moved to Canada a few years before this incident. We rented an apartment where most of our neighbors were also newcomers to the country. One day, as we were waiting for the elevator, a lady and her daughter, who had a disability, came and stood with us. They were talking in a language similar to ours, but it was a version spoken in Afghanistan, not Iran, where we originally came from. This caught my mom's attention, and she was really happy to find out that this lady spoke the same language. They started talking, and it was clear that her daughter couldn't speak or use sign language due to her severe disabilities. My mom and I often met them in our building and the neighborhood. There was a man whom she thought was bothering and following her daughter. He was a single dad, and his daughter was only a bit older than me. I looked after their dog a few times, so I knew them both well. His daughter told us that her parents had separated, and her dad got custody of her. One evening, my mom and I had just come home and were getting out of the elevator when we ran into the lady. She came up to us and said it was her daughter's birthday, inviting us to join them for some cake. I always felt strange around her, and I wasn't excited to join them, but my mom felt sorry for her and promised we wouldn't stay too long. We followed her into her apartment, but something just didn't feel right. Her daughter was sitting in the dark with only a small nightlight in the middle of the living room. They had set up a kind of picnic with plates, forks, and homemade cake. 
When we sat down and were just starting to feel comfortable, suddenly my mom's phone rang. That surprised us. As my mom answered the phone, the lady hurried into the living room and asked my mom to put her phone on silent. Then she told us to be super quiet so that the guy wouldn't know we were there. I got a really weird feeling. Who was this guy she was talking about? My mom apologized and asked her to explain. That's when she started telling us that the man who lived in the apartment below them was making their life miserable. She said he would bang the ceiling with a broom at all hours of the night to let them know he knew they were home. She also said one time he convinced her daughter to go out on the balcony and tried to get her to jump. He would knock on their door in the middle of the night and say disturbing things through the door. My mom asked her why she hadn't told anyone about it, and the lady said she was afraid he would find out and harm them. She told us that's why they kept their place in the dark, didn't have a TV, and tried to make no noise, only whispering when they were home. We finished the cake, thanked her for inviting us, and got ready to leave. Then she quietly went to her door, signaled us to hide from the view of the door, which we did. She slowly opened it, looked outside left and right, then turned to us and said it was safe to go. When we got back home, I told my mom that I didn't believe what she was saying because I knew the people who lived in that unit. My mom told me not to get involved and forget about it. Weeks passed, and we didn't see the lady and her daughter. But one morning, when I was leaving her building for school, I saw letters stuck to the walls in the lobby. They were all over the place, but I was just a kid and thought they were letters from the people who managed the building. But when I opened the lobby door, I noticed a letter taped to the building's intercom. The letter was written by the lady, and she explained how scared she was for herself and her daughter. She said that despite many tries, no one had helped her with the situation. She talked about the same things she had told us before. The very last paragraph sent chills down my spine. She claimed that she was sexually assaulted and impregnated by a demon in her sleep. She then said if something happens to either of them, we should find ourselves responsible. I ended up asking the girl and her dad what that was all about. Her dad claimed to have only ever seen her twice. The two times he had seen her, he hadn't even looked at her because she was talking to herself, and he was very scared. He mentioned that she would slip notes under his door, and later he discovered they had Arabic writing on them. He showed one of his Arabic friends the notes, and his friends said they contained verses from the Quran that Muslims used to protect themselves from evil. He didn't know it was her until the letters started showing up all over the building on every floor. So they were told to leave their apartment, and she had threatened to harm herself and her daughter. The building management had to call the police because she was a danger to herself and others. After some time, we all kind of forgot about it and moved on with our lives. We moved to a different part of town not long after, but I always remembered that event. In 2020, I went back to the old place to meet a childhood friend who still lived there. I bumped into the building manager, and we started talking. I asked him about the incident, and if he ever found out what had really happened. It turns out the lady had a condition called schizophrenia, which made her see and hear things that weren't real. She was forced into marriage when she was very young, and her daughter's disabilities were because of the severe abuse she suffered while pregnant. She was very mentally ill and truly believed in the things she said. Her daughter was actually able to speak, but her mom did everything to keep her away from the outside world. My mom and I initially thought the daughter was between 14 to 16 years old, 
but she was actually 30. She was very undernourished, didn't take care of herself, and it was clear she wasn't being properly looked after. Her daughter had never been to a hospital or school, which was really sad.